0: The official International Rugby League podcast series is complete for 2019. So, does that make Chasing Kangaroos the unofficial International Rugby League podcast? Should we be changing our name to Chasing Kiwis after the new international rankings were released last week? All I know is I've got four episodes left in me before Christmas, and I hope you enjoy the ride. In this episode, I welcome the CEO of the Rugby League World Cup 2021, Mr. John Dutton, back onto the show to share some updates on the journey towards the tournament. And later on, I bring back your favourite segment and mine, the golden points. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 41 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast, and it's good to be back.
1: You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate, about seeing the game played in more places.
0: Welcome back, Mr. John Dutton. Now, mate, you are a part of a very rare group of people who are a multi-time guest on this show. So welcome back to Chasing Kangaroos.
1: Thank you, Michael. My pleasure
0: mate, uh, for anyone that's listening that hasn't heard, so previously you appeared on episode 35. It was called The Journey to 2021. And uh, if you haven't listened to that, I recommend that you do. You will learn a little bit more about John and plenty of great uh, Rugby League World Cup news. But, mate, I'm going to get straight into it, if you don't mind. I'll get straight to the point. The original reason uh, that I asked you back on the show to chat was to discuss the 2021 Rugby League World Cup pool groups, uh, which were going to be announced on November 27th. Now this has been pushed back to January 2020, and my question is why? What happened?
1: Uh yeah, um the 27th of November is a very special day um for us. Um this year it signifies two years to go till the men's and women's finals at Old Trafford and the finals weekend. Of course, we've got the wheelchair final on November the twenty-sixth. Um so we plan to do the draw as soon as we had the qualifiers. And we've just got a really special opportunity in January to elevate, amplify everything we're doing. So rather than rush through with a draw, um, we are going to explain exactly how it's going to work. Um, we're going to talk about some of the other things that we've done this year. And in January, um, we've selected uh, a date, location and an activity that we think is really special and will um, really put the Rugby League World Cup on a platform that it absolutely deserves to be on.
0: That sounds fantastic, I can't wait for that. And and you mentioned that we're gonna be, and I think it's a great idea that you're gonna be explaining how it all works. So I understand there will be any, a, a video coming out. Uh, probably by the time this episode is released, there'll be a video that explains exactly how the pots work. Um, and I'll of course share that on our social media links as well. But do you, do you mind explaining to us how the pots work? We can start with the men if you like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the, the first thing to say, uh, Michael, is we believe this is the first time ever uh, that there is a yeah. live public draw for the Ribley World Cup and let's not forget the men's competition, this is the 16th staging of the tournament uh, first played for in 1954 so it's a really significant uh, opportunity for us to all celebrate not just the men's tournament but of course the women's and wheelchair tournaments and, and hopefully uh, when people have a look at our video we've had a little bit of fun um, which is always yeah. um in explaining how the draw will work uh, but 16 teams in the men's uh, tournament, uh, we have Four teams pre allocated uh, England as host, uh, Australia as holders, and then the other top two seeds of New Zealand and Tonga. So they'll be put into groups A, B, C, uh, and D. And then we have three pots, um, each with a team drawn from that pot that will make up the group. So pot B will be the other four quarter finalists from the 2017 World Cup uh, Fiji, Lebanon, Papua New Guinea, and Samoa. The next pot will then be France, Jamaica, Scotland and Wales, a very European um, feel to that. And then the final pot will be the Cook Islands, Greece, Ireland and Italy. So one from each pot will make up the group. And what that will give us is then the uh, the games that we can look forward to in 2021.
0: That's fantastic. So obviously based on order of qualifications, I think a lot of people were wondering how that would work. Uh, would it be rankings or would it be order of yeah. qualification so yeah. that's pretty straightforward there it, it,
1: it is and, and the IRL have just recently released our world rankings and we've collaborated with them to make sure we've got the teams um, in the right order uh, but obviously pot one is based on the four seeded teams uh, pot two um, the next tier is the, the quarter finalist and then we just go on world rankings to get the uh, remaining teams the, the, the only slight um, not complexity but difference is when we draw the first pot out um, the team um, in England's group um, we will take out Lebanon so that will only leave Fiji Papua New Guinea or Samoa and one of those teams will play England at St James's Park in Newcastle on October the 23rd to kick off the tournament and the reason we've taken Lebanon out is to make sure that we have at least a Pacific team in each group. Um, and given that we've got Australia, Tonga, and New Zealand, um, in the other seeds, um, this is just a really simple, straightforward way of doing that.
0: I think that's a fantastic idea. It may be a little bit complicated, but it, I'm sure I've watched the, I watched the video today. Actually, I had a chance to watch that. It is very funny and it makes, um, it, it makes it all very obvious and easy to understand. So I think the, the marketing guys there have done a fantastic job. Well, let, let's talk about the women's and the wheelchair, um, Uh, pots as well now so obviously a little bit less complex but why don't we move
1: on to the women yeah very very straightforward Michael Uh, so England will be in group A in the women's tournament as host Uh, Australia the current holders in group B and then we've got three pots uh, same as the men's uh, but only two teams so New Zealand and Papua New Guinea Uh, the first team drawn out will be into England's group the second team drawn out into Australia's group and then the next pot is Canada and France and then the final pot is the Cook Islands and Brazil. So really, really straightforward. One from each pot uh, drawn in either England or Australia's group.
0: And was that was the women's one based on world rankings, or was yeah. that a little bit different?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely based on um, on world rankings. Um, obviously, the slight uh, change is having England as the host in Group A. Um, that's very traditional from any other sports uh, tournament that you will see. Uh, that yep women who are obviously uh, ranked um, second in the world to Australia into the second pot. Um, So there is a chance that Australia and New Zealand will be drawn out in the same group. Uh, There is obviously a chance that England and New Zealand will be drawn out um, in the same group. But whichever way, um, the women's tournament with eight teams moving from six, uh, of course, in 2017, um, we've got some really exciting contests when we see which pools the teams go into.
0: Sensational, and then the wheelchair pretty much the same as the women. So, is that? I'm guessing it'll be England and France in in groups A and B.
1: That, that, that's right. France is the current holders, uh, winning the uh, tournament on home soil in 2017. Um, and then the pots will be uh, Australia and Wales. Um, so, the uh, whoever Australia are drawn uh, out against, they'll either go into the England group or into the France group. Uh, same with Wales. And then we've got Scotland and Spain in the next pot, and finally Norway and the USA.
0: Really exciting times, and I can't wait for the. I actually can't wait for the plots to be drawn in January. And uh, the, like I said, the video comes out probably when this episode of Chasing Kangaroos comes out as well. Uh, and it's all really clear, and it's a lot of fun as well. So hopefully, our listen, listeners get a chance to watch that as well. Um, now, there's been plenty of other news as well in the lead up. Now we've got almost two years to go, as you say, till the World Cup Grand Finals. Um, so really exciting times. You've unveiled a new wheelchair World Cup trophy in the last couple of days. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we're really proud um, of the trophy. We um, have been working with the IRL um, to have the the same family of trophies. Um, so in 2017, there was a new women's trophy made. Um, we've obviously got the quite spectacular Paul Barrier men's trophy with the cockerel um, on top. Um, and we had a chat with the International Rugby League and, Um, lobbied hard to have uh, the wheelchair trophy remade and as part of the same family of trophies and and they agreed to that uh, and we've collaborated uh, in funding that. Um, We have uh, had the trophy made by a company called Fattorinis based in Birmingham. Um, They are uh, famous for making uh, world-class trophies and yeah, it was um, unveiled um, a couple of days ago. Um, we're just really pleased with it. And the special bit about it, the ribbon in the in the middle across the centre of the trophy celebrates wheelchair athletes. And we've taken a lot of time um, and effort to make sure that we get the athletes, how they're represented, um, as close to the wheelchair rugby sport as we can. Um, so that now is here in perpetuity. Uh, we'll obviously be presented for the first time on November the 26th in Liverpool at the M&S Bank Arena, the venue that held very recently the um, women's netball World Cup final. Um, and as per all of the uh, announcements we've made over the last few months, this is about bringing the wheelchair and women's tournaments um, onto the same platform as the men's tournament and really celebrating inclusivity and what a great and accessible sport rugby is.
0: It is fantastic. Every bit of marketing or advertising that I see from you guys really has everything on that same level. Um, and I think it's beautiful to see, um, especially for the women's and the, and the, and the wheelchair um, players as well. Um, so we've, we've mentioned that there's going to be a little bit of build up to January now. Is there anything else that we can expect or anything else that you can share with us that um, our fans might, might like to hear about between now and January before the pots are drawn, the pools are drawn?
1: Yeah but, but, but def, definitely plenty built up to um, January. We'll, we will announce where we're going to hold the draw, uh, who, who's actually going to be drawing uh, the balls out of the pots and also how people will be able to access that globally so all of that news um, will come. Um, we um, It will have a really great feel to the draw, we will involve uh, children, uh, we will involve representatives from each of the nations. Um, we've also got a really special announcement to make uh, in January uh, around some of the work we're doing um, in the mental health um, space, mental fitness. Um, our legacy program in the UK continues. We have now spent just over a million pounds, of our 10 million pounds that UK governments have given us to invest into community relief facilities. Uh, and whilst this is a, a project um, solely based um, in England, it's making a transformative difference into um, communities. Um, and, and I think that's something uh, that we should all get behind and really celebrate and amplify um, that message. Um, also, we want to celebrate the 21 nations. If you just pause for a second and think, we have 32 teams, but 21 unique nations. Um, and you talked about the qualifiers um, that have recently been held, Greece coming through, which I think is just a tremendous story of overcoming adversity, uh, not being able to play uh, a game in the qualifiers at home, uh, yet coming through. And hopefully that will. Um, deliver a really, uh, really clear message um, for people who are still, as we saw in our trip uh, to Nigeria um, recently, um, mm. really believe in Rugby League and really are doing their best in a voluntary capacity. And you look at what Greece have done in the qualification, um, and we definitely want to uh, celebrate that. And the same with all of our um, other nations, as we just ran through um, how the draw will work. Um, Norway playing in their first. Uh, tournament. So to have a team from Scandinavia is a great thing. Brazil, um, in our women's tournament. Jamaica, of course, making the debut in the men's tournament. And what we want to do between now and January and there on in is uh, to celebrate the nation's their heritage, uh, the their diversity, of course, their players and talent, and bring all that to life um, over the next two years that we have.
0: It's, it's beautiful. It's going to be fantastic. And, and you kind of already mentioned it, but since we last spoke, we now have all the all the spots have been filled. And in the men's the final two spots went to Greece, who you've already mentioned, and the Cook Islands. What sort of impact do you think these last nations that qualify will have on the tournament? You've already mentioned a little bit about Greece, but Cook Islands is there's a real Pacific Island kind of flavour. How how do you think that'll go?
1: I, I think it'd be great uh, and very warmly received in the host towns and cities that we're working with um, in England. Um, I think the predominance of uh, vibrancy uh, and diversity, uh, the Cook Islands um, absolutely uh, stand out. But what of New Guinea? Uh, and if we reflect back to two weeks ago um, Papua New Guinea beating Great Britain men's team uh, and the Orchids beating uh, England women's team and just to bring all of that uh, to local communities uh, in England. First of all for the spectator experience it is something very special um, about the Pacific nations whether it's the the Toe, whether it's a Haka, whether it's the hymn that the Fijians um, were singing before, that, that's just a It's a unique selling point for us in terms of attracting spectators. And of course, that will come through in a broadcast and digital um, way. So all of that just has a really special feeling. We're excited um, about Jamaica, uh, a big Caribbean community uh, here in the UK. And and also, of course, the European nations and and European nations who perhaps uh, didn't perform as well as they could have in 2017. uh, But having a tournament stage... Here in Europe, uh, they have every chance of uh, performing um, and certainly the likes of France and Scotland and Wales and Ireland um, and Italy. um, The blend of players, um, it's just really exciting to start to think of who might play in the tournament. Uh, And of course, once we've done the draw, the next piece of work for us will be to talk about the games, where they will be staged, what day they will be held on, what time they will kick off. All of a sudden, the tournament really starts to come to life.
0: Well, that was my next question. So we we won't have that information um, when the when the draw the the groups are drawn, or when can we no. expect to hear about all of that?
1: No. So so what the draw uh, will do is put the teams into the pools. Um, it will give us a headline that we will talk about uh, of who will England will play in that opening game uh, to open the men's yep. tournament. Also, the opening games for the Women's and Wheelchair Tournament. So that that will be the headline from the draw, Michael. And then uh, we'll just take a little bit of time. Uh, We still uh, some work to do with uh, venues, with host towns and cities, with broadcast partners. Uh, And then over the coming weeks uh, and months leading into the pre-sale period, uh, we'll be able to reach the schedule, Uh, we'll reach our ticket prices. Um, And yeah, then it starts to feel very real. People will be able to enter the ballots, enter the pre-sale, um, buy tickets uh, and hopefully help us sell the three-quarters of a million tickets that we aspire to selling and making this biggest and best World Ripper League World Cup ever.
0: I'm sure we're on the right track and already two years to go. I'm, I feel like that's going to fly. <laughs> I don't know how it feels on your end, but do you feel like you have less and less time or is it is it all going according to plan from your perspective, John?
1: i i think we're in a really good place um michael um we absolutely don't want to be complacent um i've now spent four years working on this uh project all the way through from convincing uk government to fund us um to um winning the bid setting the company up um getting some of the broadcast uh, deals in place um we've got two years of which we want to celebrate and enjoy we don't just want to uh wish the time away um we want to make every minute of every day count um and we want to celebrate how great International Rugby League is um, and um, just have that catalyst, that spotlight that will shine on the international game for five weeks um, in England And, and also importantly to make sure that we work with the International Rugby League, we pass on all of the knowledge that we will have gained and that we help them make sure that 25, 29, 33 and so on is even better than what we are attempting to do here in England in 2021.
0: It's certainly on the right track. And uh, I think you may have listened to my International Rugby League podcast last week with Nigel Wood. And he mentioned that 2025, the host nation could be announced early next year as well. So I just feel like as a sport, we are much more organized than we have been in the past. And it's uh, due to people like yourself so, and your team. So it's absolutely fantastic. John, last time we spoke, uh, we also spoke about the other tournaments sort of in and around. Um, this festival of World Cups outside of the men's, women's and wheelchairs. So there was, you know, sort of police and army tournaments yep. and things like that. And uh, one, of the popular, uh, one of the popular topics amongst our listeners has been the emerging nations. Now, we've heard that the men's emerging nations uh, probably won't work out for 2021. And we're looking at new dates and things mm-hmm. like that. But the women certainly will. Are, are you able to give us any indication of You Know what sort of teams uh, might pop up at the women's emerging nations in 2021?
1: Yeah, I I mean, the first thing to say, Michael, I thought Nigel uh, Nigel would give a very good explanation of the men's emerging uh, tournament and the International Rugby League aspiration for that in 2022, uh, which we're very comfortable um, with. Uh, We we committed to holding the women's emerging uh, tournament for the first time ever, um, and very much that was based on the level of interest. Uh, Through the expression of interest process for the uh, women's tournament. Um, We had 17 nations uh, that came in to us and said they'd like to be involved in the emerging uh, women's tournament. Um, So we're now in the process of um, liaising with those nations. Um, This is a Participant Pays event, uh, so obviously there's an element of fundraising for those teams, uh, but we have uh, the best part of 18 months to um, to help them through that process. Uh, so I, I'm very confident that we will get, uh, maybe not all of the 17, uh, but we will have a true global feel. Uh, I'm very confident that some of the home nations in the UK, uh, Wales, uh, Scotland, are, have shown a great um, interest and also further afield. Um, uh, It's been well documented, um, Fiji, uh, Italy and others who uh, didn't make it um, into the Women's Tournament, and we're very hopeful that they will come um, and be part of that event, and and, and who knows what that might grow into, um, maybe an element of pre-qualification for uh, the 2025 um, event, but it's, it's great. We're really proud to be holding that, and that will be part of a much wider festival students um, armed forces as, as you have said um, some of the other derivatives of the game um, masters touch tag uh, physical disability learning disability that might all not all take place at that celebration event in summer uh, july um, 2021 uh, but will be part of uh, the whole of the event going through and uh, again it just goes back to uh, inclusivity and to what a accessible game rugby league is and this is just a chance for everyone to get behind that uh, to showcase it to celebrate it and hopefully make uh, the game stronger
0: if there is a international rugby league fan that isn't looking forward to 2021 then they're crazy there's going to be so much going on it's absolutely amazing and uh, yeah that emerging nations women's will be will be fantastic i hope as many of those 17 as possible can can turn up i know the likes of fiji will certainly have something to prove um, but it's going to be great from, from mid-year onwards. There'll be plenty or more international rugby league than we've ever seen before. So really exciting times for myself and for our, our listeners as well. John, it's been fantastic catching up with you again for this episode. Second time on Chasing Kangaroos. So as I say, one of, one of the elite few that have, that have been on multiple times. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us before we say goodbye or anything, any messages for the, for the listeners um, as, we, as we continue the journey?
1: Uh, I just encourage people to uh, get involved across our social channels um you know talk to us um ask us questions um uh, uh, and really get involved this this is not my tournament it's not our tournament it's a tournament for everyone uh, and it's a special opportunity Interla- international rugby league as you say i think it's on a high uh, at the moment um but there aren't enough games um that are played um you know, quite understandably um, so in terms of uh, play welfare and uh, the clubs uh, and leagues. But this is so special that we want people to be feel part of it, um, feel proud of uh, the sport of rugby league being um, put on an international global uh, platform. So, uh, yeah, my request to people is be advocates, but please do get involved and uh, we're very keen to hear from people.
0: John, keep up the great work to you and your team. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we speak. I'm sure you'll be on the show for a third time probably very soon. Cheers, mate.
1: Thanks very much, Michael.
0: All right, well, it's that time again. It's been six weeks since I've done this last. It's golden points, baby. It's back. And if you're new to Chasing Kangaroos, if you sort of jumped on board this podcast during the International Rugby League podcast stages or six-week series, then you won't know what golden points are. But basically, all we do is we go around the world of rugby league and give you a bunch of news, snippets, results uh, from every nation pretty much that plays the greatest game of all. I have heard that some listeners they play drinking games during golden points every time I say golden point they take a shot and uh, it means they get very drunk very quickly because I'd say it a lot in a 10 minute period so I don't recommend that guys but look you're all mostly adults I'm presuming and uh, yeah you do what you want because let's do it it's golden point time so golden point let's start in Brazil. Now, in episode 34 of Chasing Kangaroos, I had a great chat with Zach Grundy from the Brazilian Rugby League. And on that episode, he spoke about planning for the Brazilian Rugby League Championship, which was called the Top 1. uh, And it included six plans for six teams. And well, according to the Brazilian Rugby League social media pages over the weekend, the first matches were played on November 23. So they'll split in two groups. And Group A, they played their their first matches as part of a triple header uh, in Paraná. Uh, So game one, the hosts, the Urotau Rugby, they scored a try in the first minute, which was really exciting for them. They ended up defeating the competition favourites, the Bandirinatas Devils, uh, 32 points to 10. Guys, just a warning, I'm going to mispronounce a whole bunch of things in golden points, as I always do. But yeah, Bandirinatas, I hope I said that correctly. Uh, Game two, the Moringa Hawks, they defeated the Bandirinatas as well, 24 to nil. So the Devils, previously the competition favourites, went away without a win. Uh, in this tournament. So game three, Uratao Rugby, the home side, they came back again and they played the Maringa Hawks for first place position in the group and they won 34 to 20. So Uratao, top of the group in Group A for the Brazilian Top 1 Rugby League Championship. Now the, those two sides, Uratao and Maringa, they finished top two in Group A. They'll go to the finals and we await results from Group B. So the the teams involved in Group B, Rio de Janeiro, all Golds. The Rio de Janeiro Warriors and the Sal Lorenzo Roosters. Uh, so I believe Zach Grundy plays for the Roosters. So we'll we'll cheer him on. Let's see how they go. Guys, golden points over to France. So the Elite One kicked off with a magic round in Carcassonne a couple of weeks ago. And round two is partly underway. Uh, the most interesting result for me so far, so Lezignan, they defeated last year's uh, last season's champions, rather. The Senestivi-Catalan side, so the, the Catalan Dragons' feeder side, uh, Lesignan won that match, 32 points to 16. Now, as it stands, at time of recording, the Limo Grizzlies are top of the table, but as I say, it's early days, uh, round two is only partly underway, so plenty of time to go for the others. Guys, golden point over to Nigeria. So the Southwest Conference final took place over the weekend as well. Lagos Haven are the champions of Southwest. They defeated the Eco Trinity at 32 points to 12. Now Lagos Haven will face the Northern Conference champions, the Kano Gazelles, in the grand final. It's been a huge year for Rugby League in Nigeria, so the nation coming into the Rugby League World Rankings for the first time last week at number 28, and this domestic competition has gone well from all reports. The goal for this domestic uh, competition is to unearth the best Nigerian talent and help them find pathways into the Super League and the NRL as well, so we could be more see more and more Nigerians popping up in these competitions or the lower grades and it's only going to mean good things for Nigeria as they continue to climb the rankings and maybe we'll see them in a world cup in 2025 or 2029 golden point in Greece now i've seen some comments on social media over the past weeks that have kind of pissed me off because people are claiming that there's no domestic rugby league in Greece so obviously misunderstanding the whole situation over there well, if you listen to this show, you know that that's bullshit. Greece have been playing domestic rugby league since 2014, and they're currently two rounds into their 2019 2020 domestic season. A couple of interesting uh, matchups. Uh, the Patras Panthers, they drew with AEL rugby 22 points all. So that's right. Not only do they have domestic rugby league in Greece, they also still have proper draws. So 22 all in that one. That's awesome. Uh, And another result, so the RS Eagles, they defeated AEK Rugby 46 points to 12. The reason I mentioned that game is AEK are the the newest team, uh, team number seven in the Greek Rugby League um, competition, and uh, very well-supported, well-known sporting club, AEK. So I believe they've got, like, soccer, basketball, um, Union as well, I believe. So good to have them there. Shows great things, the competition growing, and to have a name like AEK, uh, I'm sure it means a lot for the sport in Greece. Uh, staying in Greece, so uh, the first women's domestic competition is set to commence soon as well. So we're looking at sides from Aris, the Athens Raiders, the Attica Rhinos, uh, the Patras Panthers, AEL and the Rhodes Knights all hoping to finalise their women's squad. So if you have any doubt that rug- Women's Rugby League is the fastest growing area of our sport, then this is proof. This nation, they threw together their first national squad a few months ago, and here they are with a six-team domestic league starting very soon. Greece, very exciting times. Speaking of exciting and speaking of Women's Rugby League, so a golden point over to the Philippines. So a big shout-out to Marvin Pace from the Philippines Rugby League, who I spoke to earlier in the week. He told me that they're preparing the first-ever Filipino women's squad for 2020. They're looking for sponsors, so if you like the idea of having your company logo on the first ever Asian Women's Rugby League national jersey, then contact me on social media. I'll put you in touch with Marvin. You guys can take it from there. could be really exciting uh, for all involved. Guys, golden point over to Jamaica. Speaking of exciting, what about Jamaican Rugby League? There's plenty going on at the moment over there in high school and university level. And uh, first of all, let's say congratulations to the CMU Spartans. So they took out the intercollegiate nines last weekend with a 20-16 win over the Excelsior Community College Eagles. So great scenes over there. You would have seen on our socials uh, Jamaican players dancing in between nines matches. They just bring such a great vibe and such a great culture to, to the international rugby league world. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see these guys uh, at the World Cup. Hopefully some of these guys, some of these intercollegiate players uh, start to rise through the ranks. Because definitely exciting times over there in Jamaica. Another congratulations to Campion, uh, Campion College, who took out the high school under-19s championship over there in Jamaica as well. They defeated OKD Harbour High in a close one. 22 points to 20. Golden point over to Albania. So another shout-out uh, to the guys over there at Albania Rugby League. So they reached out to me over the weekend on Instagram to tell me all about their nines match uh, between Tirana and Ilirët. So not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Sorry, guys, if I didn't, let me know. Uh, Tirana, with the result they wanted, they won 43 points to 34. They told me that this game was played in three 20-minute thirds, so a little bit longer than your traditional nines match. Uh, and this was in order to give the guys more game time. They don't get a lot of game time over there. Rugby League's still very new. It just goes to show how important um, the Nines format is for nations like Albania, really in their Rugby League infancy. It's early days, but good to see that they're getting out there and really trying new things. And hopefully, we see more and more clubs getting into these Nines tournaments, and they can get a solid domestic competition happening in Albania very soon. Guys, speaking of solid domestic Rugby League, golden point. Turkey. So the Turkish Rugby League top four domestic season well it's almost at its conclusion and last year's runners up or last season's runners up I should say the Ankara uh, Pyrogeans they've ended their six round season undefeated and meanwhile the Ankara ladies team they were champions last season well they're also top of their table so could very well be an Ankara double in the Turkish grand finals in the, in the next couple of weeks so exciting times over there watch this space we'll keep you posted Golden Point over to the USA. And Brad Walter, so he was a guest of mine on episode five of the International Rugby League podcast. Well, he's recently written an article for NRL.com highlighting plans for the New York City Rugby League Club. Uh, now, they're looking to emulate success of other clubs from non traditional rugby league areas like the Toronto Wolfpack and Melbourne Storm, which is it's great. You expect them to say stuff like that. Uh, but some really cool insights in the article. So I posted it on Facebook, but if you haven't read it, uh, according to the article, the New York City Club well, they're waiting to find out if they'll begin in League 1 or the championship in 2021. Uh, They plan to have a 30 man squad so players uh, and players not required for each match so the guys that miss out on, on the top 17 each week, they'll be sent back to play for USARL domestic clubs, so think Brooklyn Kings, think White Plains Wombats, these sort of guys, so they're going to really be giving back to the domestic scene, which is really cool. Hopefully, hopefully it does help it grow over there. Uh, the club has also stated that, unlike the Wolfpack, and no disrespect to the Wolfpack, but they're hoping to develop American, Canadian, and Jamaican talent early on in the piece. They've even identified USA Hawks, current USA Hawks, Joe Eichner and Ryan Burrows as potential squad members, uh, as well as the USA Rugby 7 star, Ahmad Harajli. Uh, who represented Lebanon at the recent Nines World Cup. So exciting times. We're obviously following that one really closely. I know all of you, you contact me regularly about this New York side, and uh, you want to know if it's definitely happening. Well, it looks good, uh, but I'm sure we'll find out more in 2020. Golden point over to Wales. So the Welsh Dragon Hearts, they defeated the Malta Knights. Over there at Bridgend in South Wales, they won 34 points to 14. It was, it was tight the Welsh side they scored two late tries to seal the deal right at the end there and in other Maltese news so the Malta Rugby League have announced that they've scheduled their first women's international uh, will be played during the June NRL international round in Sydney next year so they'll be announcing their team name and opposition soon Uh, get on their their social media pages you can probably vote for their team name I'm sure that'll still be up so check that out there's a few options to choose from uh, Maltese Falcons, for example. The Honeybees is another one that I like. But yeah, check that out. Uh, and they've also announced Alicia Jansen so as their first ever women's head coach. So Alicia is currently in charge of the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, Tasha Gale squad as well. So I'm really excited. I know she's got a lot to do with development uh, for heritage Maltese players over here. Uh, and she'll be she'll do a great job for the women's side as well. So n- not sure who they're playing yet. Could it be the Philippines after the earlier golden point? Who knows? I've just started a rumour. Let's see what happens. And guys, the final golden point for tonight. So over to Kenya. So the International Rugby League have reported that Kenya has received a significant boost this month following their successful appeal by Kenyan Rugby League Federation at the Judiciary Office of Sports Disputes Tribunals uh, to gain official government recognition. So welcome, Kenya. Well, I forgot how hard that was, but there you have it, guys. Golden points back on Chasing Kangaroos, episode 41. It's been a while since I've done that. It felt good. I hope you enjoyed it. And obviously, so much going on around the rugby league world, even though the NRL and Super League competitions are done and dusted for the year, even though International Rugby League is done and dusted for the year, still plenty going on and I'll try and share as much as I can in these segments but also don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram where I share all of this stuff and much much more so check that out, join the conversation as well, there's some good banter going on in particular on our Facebook and Twitter pages, always exciting stuff and I do a lot of cool Q&As and things on Instagram as well so if you're into that sort of thing, you want to see more, you want to know more about the world of rugby league, uh, international rugby league and domestic rugby league, then, yeah, check that out. Give us a follow. Join the conversation. Guys, it's been great to be back for Chasing Kangaroos. I really enjoyed the International Rugby League podcast. Don't get me wrong. But it's good to be back in the mobile studio recording this one. Uh, guys, thank you to Ricky, Cansino, and Ash Barco for recording our theme music. Uh, don't forget as well, so yeah, Christmas is coming and Mascord Browns, they still have 10% off exclusively for Chasing Kangaroos listeners. So just use the discount code. Kangaroo Court—that's kangaroo c a u g h t at checkout. That will run till the end of the year, guys. So exclusive for Chasing Kangaroos listeners, but I'm sure they won't mind if you sort of drop some hints to your to your loved ones, your friends and family, to let them know that you'd love an international rugby league jersey from browns.com and .com.au. Let them know 10% off our Kangaroo Court. Make sure you do it, guys. I'll be back next week for an episode that I'm currently calling the California Rugby League Takeover. It's very obvious what that's going to be about. Uh, I've already recorded a couple of snippets and interviews for that episode. I'll be doing more of that this week. I can't wait to get that out to you next week. But until then, take it away, Ricky and Ash, with our theme music. And fuck you, Nagati.